my god, it's episode two. It's episode We're two of Shaken and Disturbed. <laughs> Shaken I had and it. Disturbed is a word, right? Shaken and Disturbed? Guys, welcome yeah, to Shaken and Disturbed. Episode I two. I know last week. Last week I said slash instead of slash. So things haven't changed for us, at least, you know, we're still the same old folks. You know, and listen, I will admit, I wanted to get our first episode of our first independent podcast, Shaken and Disturbed, right. Um, (laughs) And so I wasn't drinking any alcoholic beverages, but it is episode two now. And so I have... For all you fans out there, I have definitely started drinking, and I have encouraged Uh-oh. Matt and John to drink. Matt, I think, is on a sixth drink already. John, what are you <laughs> drinking today? And then we'll get to Matt and me. I'm having the same drink I had last week, which is the tea with whiskey in it, because I don't know. The tea and the whiskey, I think, just clears up my voice. I sound very confident. I can hit my lower register. I can hit my higher register. I'm all over the me, place me, right me. now. Yes. Okay. Me, 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 me. Um, Matt, what are you drinking right now? Because Lord knows you're a dad and we all know you're drinking. Yeah, you're going to need um, a drink. I am, I am drinking a martini. Ooh. Oh. And it's a it's Throwback. a vodka martini. And it has, uh, yeah, and it's um, it's dirty, real dirty. Where? Where have oh, I heard I Martini, Martini, Martini? Oh, Martinis and Murder. That's the show we used to do, guys. That was Remember a great that back show. In the day? That, that, that was, was a really great show. show. I don't have any memories you of that. You don't remember it? Matt Well, it's probably because you literally fucked up every show we ever had because you were so drunk <laughs> that I'm not surprised you don't remember it. Hopefully you blacked it out. But I will say, even though we did 200-something episode of Martinis and Murder, now that we're on episode two of Shaken and Disturbed, all this time with Matt, it still doesn't make you saying very, very dirty any less, you know, no fun for me. Like it's not, it's no. not, it's not a pleasant thing to hear you talk about. You, you know, you like it, Darren. Oh God. Well, <laughs> really, in light really of that, quick before, well, yeah. hold on. Before we move on, Matt, I'm very curious. You know, we introduced you last week without your voice effect, which most listeners from our previous show. Uh, would have known you as. I'm curious by next week if you're going to get any feedback about that because that's a kind of a big deal. We did that for four years in our previous show. I hope people write back that they wish we changed his voice because it's so <laughs> right. annoying. His maybe, normal voice. Maybe I, people I'm, want I'm, it. I'm worried that that's the case. <laughs> we'll have to look at our Patreon. As you should be. And in light of that, I am drinking an old-fashioned yeah. today. Um, mm. I actually had all the ingredients at my quarantine department to make it. And it's just, you know, basically muddling a little sugar with bitters and water. You Ugh. add a little whiskey. And you, you, you garnish it with a little orange slice for zest. And so I did just that. So I am drinking that right now. Let us cheers to all of you guys out there. Cheers. Right that's right. We should. Cheers. I don't have anything to cheers it with. There's a little cheers. something. Yeah, there we go. And while you guys are drinking, I just wanted to say, guys, we are an independent podcast now. Uh, and so we have joined Patreon. <laughs> and the it is a link to our show notes. You can see it on our profiles. But patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. Um, you guys are also going to get, and and this is this should be worth $1 million, but we're going to give it to you at a low <laughs> price, of screenshots of our text with Matt, including, and I think, I don't think we should include it yet, John, but I think we're going to have to... Yeah. Reveal the video we took of me and Matt in the hotel room at our Boston show when we used to do oh, Martinis yeah, and Murder. Totally. That's yeah. definitely got to be revealed. You guys are going to see the other titles we were going to name this podcast. So 
Sign up. <laughs> Among other things, yeah. You get to call into our show. You get to be a, you get to be a part of our history here. But uh, we are independent podcasters, so we're we're begging you. We're on our hands and knees, begging you to help us out here on Patreon. <laughs> also, I I have to add, Maggie and Miles, my children are hungry right now. Oh my oh. god. Okay, well. guys, let's listen. We're taking a little too far now. You know, we yeah. we would love some Patreon support, but let's not get crazy. Yeah, although, you know, do you want to help a podcast in need? That's us. Um, all right, let's, are, we, let's... are we that desperate? Maybe we yes. are. I don't know. Yes. It, we right. need Sarah McLaughlin's, McLaughlin, like, arms of an angel yeah. to play. And we just see Matt with his kids. Uh, if that doesn't get you right. to open your wallets, we don't know what will. But let's yeah. get into what everyone's waiting for, which is the case today. Yes. Okay? Good point. Yes, let's do it. All right, guys. So in 2005, Candy Williams was spending the day by herself at a beach in St. Peter's. Petersburg, Florida. Spent many a day at the beach in St. Petersburg, Florida, but really just in Florida. I don't think I've ever been to St. Petersburg. Have you guys? Well, that's right. You went to, didn't you go to college there or something? No, I didn't go to college there, but I had a a, a summer house there where my grandparents were every summer. So I spent a lot of time in Florida, but no, I went to college in Pennsylvania. You know. That's right. I knew that too. Another Southern state. You know, it's easy to get those confused. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Candy Williams, the second grade teacher, had recently moved to the area to get a fresh start. An attractive man named Jovan Collier, who was also new to the area, just struck up a conversation with her. Now, little did Candy know Jovan Mm. Collier was not the name the man had been born with, but... There's more on that later. Just keep that in your back pocket, mm-hmm. okay? Now, Candy told ABC's 2020 that the two had, quote, hit it off that day. She described Jovan, who went by Joe, as charming, a smooth talker, sweet, funny. Sounds like a person that you can kind of hit it off with in a day. The two op- Yeah, sure. The two opened up to each other about some deep stuff on that first day on the beach. And, you know, it's funny because I find myself now being a little bit older and it's like, I'll meet someone and you feel an instant connection with them and you're already to be able to go so deep with that person that you couldn't do with one of your mm. really close friends of like 10 years. And it really is sometimes just about connection and energy. So this doesn't really surprise totally. me. 100%. Well, Candy said she'd been through some tough times because of deaths in her family. And Joe let her know that his adoptive parents had been killed in a car accident by drunk drivers when he was a oh. child. So... A lot of tragedy here. Joe had been orphaned, he'd said. Quote, he had always felt like he was missing something, said Candy. But Candy felt like she was missing something too. Quote, I was looking for someone to share my life with, Candy told 2020. I was just missing a significant other that I really wanted. And Lord knows in quarantine people have really felt this way. Um, You know, I think people (laughs) in life get to a point where they start wanting to share their life with someone. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And within three months of meeting on the beach, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Joe moved in with Candy. This is Uh a lesbian relationship Uh if I've ever seen one. (laughs) And they're moving in quickly, people. They're moving in very quickly. Joe Collier. U-Haul. What do they call them? U-Haul lesbians? They're U-Haul. Yes. What do you bring on a second date? What lesbians bring on a second date? A (laughs) U-Haul. Now, Joe Collier had told Candy that he was divorced with a son living in Indiana. She was supportive of him taking trips to spend time with his son, but Candy soon found out that Collier was still married and had actually tried Uh to reconcile with his wife. So communication's not really good right here, if I do say so myself. (laughs) She dumped Joe, but he sweet-talked his way back into her life, and Joe admitted to Candy that he also had a 21-year-old daughter in Wisconsin who he had with a different woman. You know, you'd think, men, that once you lie once and woman appearing to forgive you just get it all out there you know what i mean because then you when you lie twice you're fucked yeah i'm blaming men here i'm blaming men here 
I just love how you addressed all men. You're like, you know what, men? Men. All men. Men. <laughs> men. I like that. I agree with that, but I have to say, if you move in with someone after three weeks, these are the kinds of things you might find out later. And that's true. I know, but he already months, admitted to... Way. He already... Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, 12 weeks, three months, but like at the same time, like he already admitted <laughs> right. to having one kid. Why would you not admit to the other? No, but that Matt does make a good point. Like, don't expect, you know, that there won't be surprises in that kind of scenario. Yeah, you don't know someone completely yeah. after three yeah. months of dating. You just don't. Anyone who no. says that, they're lying to you. No, exactly. Um, well, anyway, at some point, Joe's adoptive mother allegedly got in touch with him. He claimed that he'd been told that his birth mother had been a, quote, whore. Ooh. Quote, you hear that as a kid, it sticks with you and you believe it, he told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He also said he figured his birth mom was, quote, looking for a kidney or blocks had fallen out under the trailer, end quote. What an asshole. What the fuck? <laughs> Just such a dick. Um, like, regardless what does of what that even been... mean? Like, or the block? Like, I don't even get that quote. I'm assuming it means that, like, the trail, like, her house was falling apart and maybe she needed money or something, a place to live. I don't know. Jesus. Um, she she lives in a trailer park and has cinder blocks leveling her. Yeah, I understand right. that, but it's like looking for a kidney or the blocks. It like like just like what random <laughs> like two different things that he's talking about. You Very know I mean? different. Yes. Okay. Well, regardless of what he'd been told, his birth mother was a successful and attractive real estate agent in Atlanta who was married to a plastic surgeon. So maybe not wow. the exact person he had in his mind. Yeah. Um, she had used a private investigator to track him down, and the two ended up getting along rather well. Uh, Collier, who did construction work, even moved in with his mom in Atlanta when uh, he was a supervisor on a job. His mom introduced him to all of her country club friends, and they celebrated his grandmother's 80th birthday in Chicago. That's sweet. That's kind of dramatic. I mean, I don't know any... Uh, friends of mine who were adopted or have ever had to go through these experiences, but I can imagine it's pretty uh, intense to, you know, maybe grow up with half of your life not really knowing who your birth family is, and then suddenly or it's at like least celebration the wrong time. And the wrong impression of your mother. Oh, well, yeah, like. and the wrong that's, impression. That's even harder, because you could grow to resent someone that you shouldn't be resenting, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, he said, quote, there were people who looked like me. It was really neat. Yeah, that's that typically happens, I've yeah. noticed, in genetics. In families, uh, yes. In families, yeah. Speaking to 2020, Candy said, quote, his relatives were lovely people. We got along fine. We had good times. We spent Thanksgiving together. Everything seemed fine, end quote. By the way, you know when we're early in an episode and we're quoting everything seemed fine? That yeah, eventually that things will not be fine. Yeah. Totally. Um, but a private investigator told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that his mom had actually not tracked him down at all. Joe had just showed up at her doorstep one day. She was his biological mother, which they confirmed through DNA, but something had made her suspicious about his background. Joe told Candy that he stopped talking to his mom because his mom had badmouthed her and had told him that he was too good for her. But that had never happened. His mom had simply uncovered a horrifying secret, Darren. Well, 
Joe Collier was born Peter Zimmer. Now, remember at the beginning I told you that it wasn't his real name, and Peter Zimmer, we yeah. find out is. His dad, Hans Zimmer, immigrated to Chicago what? area from Germany as a young adult. He got married and adopted two sons, moving the family in 1983 to a farmhouse in rural Mineral Point, Wisconsin, which is a population of under 2,500, so a pretty small town. Now, Joe Collier... One second, though. Yeah. Is this Hans Zimmer the like musical composer we're talking about here Matt yeah no okay just no my... I don't think so just okay. your I mean, other it's, Hans it's, Zimmer it's, right the other Hans Zimmer yeah it's a, it's a Hans right. Zimmer got it okay well Joe Collier whose name was Peter's... we don't need Hans Zimmer calling us up sorry Darren exactly just wanted well, to make sure that was clear so Joe Collier whose name was Peter Zimmer at the time joined the track team at his new school and was described as popular but in May of 1984 Joe's Chicago area friend called up a counselor at his new high school to report that Joe had been saying he was going to kill his family Police went to the mm. farmhouse and discovered a, what can only be described as a grisly scene. Quote, I've been involved in well over 100 homicide investigations, and this is the only case that I've ever had bad dreams about, a deputy sheriff told mm. 2020. Joe's father, Hans, who was 48 at the time, had been shot five times. His body was oh on the God. back porch of the house. Joe's mother, Sally, who was 44 at the time, had been stabbed at least 15 times, and her body had been dragged to a shed. A rosary had been mm. thrown on Sally's body. Now, when you're stabbed 15 times, something more is going on here than a simple just robbery gone wrong or there there is definitely a, a revenge right. tactic in it. And then for a rosary to be thrown on Sally's body, there's to me it's it's almost like this honoring, like there's this guilt after that it happened mm. in in some sort of way, yeah. you know? Um what do you yeah, think? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, that's the imagery of it feels like that to me. Yeah, and I think, you know, again, it was shot, uh, what was it, stabbed 15 times, like you had just said, and like, you know, we know that that usually is not a, uh, you know, defense uh, scenario here. Something very offensive is happening. The deputy sheriff said, quote, the knife went through the thickest part of the skull above the ear and completely penetrated the skull. So think about the force. Joe's little brother, Perry, who was 10 years old at the time, was found in an upstairs bedroom. He'd been stabbed Mm. 20 times, according to the Sentinel, and was covered Mm. with defensive wounds. So this 10-year-old boy was trying to fight back. The deputy sheriff told 2020. I do not like this part. This is the worst part of this whole case. Yeah. The deputy sheriff told 2020, quote, this little boy really bothered me. He put up such a fight to try and save his life to no avail. Yeah, very tragic. I hate to hear about kids in particular. Peter Zimmer had stolen his dad's car and was busted in Kansas City when he tried to use his dad's credit card. He had six handguns in the car when he was caught. Now, what are you doing with six handguns? Yeah, exactly. Zimmer pleaded no contest, and because of a law in Wisconsin at the time, he was not allowed to be tried as an adult. Hmm. He served only one year for each murder at a facility for juveniles called the Ethan Allen School for Boys. Ethan Allen, isn't that like a... furniture place. A furniture place, that's what I thought. Well, while at the school, Peter refused therapy and claimed his family's estate uh, as the sole surviving heir. His uncles fought him on the inheritance, but there was a loophole in the law in Wisconsin at the time that allowed him to inherit some of his parents' money. Wisconsin, what are you doing? There's too many loopholes. Come on, Consen. Let's go. Come on, Consen. Come on, Consen. (laughs) 
Um, well, Peter got out of the boys' school before his 19th birthday and changed his name to Anton Joe Collier. According to the Associated Press article from 1989 titled Youth Convicted in Adoptive Parents' Murders Collects from a State, Joe, quote, collected money for rent, living expenses, and schooling because the couple died without a will. Oh, God. You know, there's so many stories out there. I've heard of this, too, where, like, people write the Mm -hmm. will last minute or they forget to change it. And, like, I just encourage parents to be proactive about it a little bit because, God forbid, like, you just want whatever you're going to do to go to whomever. And I'm not saying that would change the parents, you know, like maybe it still would have gone to him, but because like this seems this like de facto, like, okay, well they didn't write it. So it goes to him. It feels wrong. No, I agree. I'm just going to, I would like to state right now on the record, if miles stabs (laughs) me 15 times or shoots me in the head, yeah, I don't want him to get my money. That's okay. Okay. All All right. right. Well, it's going to me anyway. So not a big deal. Uh, yeah, right. we'll be sure to we'll be sure to save the ten dollars for you when you uh, decide who you want it to go to, Matt. I promise. Oh well, I know you have life insurance. Yeah, absolutely, on me, so. absolutely, absolutely does. By the way, loving the cop car driving right outside my window. I, uh, I always. The siren on. Yes. Always. Never can have a clean recording. It's fine. Um, at least it's a cop siren, you know? At least it adds to the ambiance of the show. Exactly. Anyway, at the at the boys' school, Joe had met a counselor named Brenda, and the two got married. Okay, you're oh. marrying your counselor. That's right. interesting. Joe had told Brenda that he'd been abused and had nightmares about the killings every night. Quote, I believe in second chances, she told 2020. Uh-oh. The two had a daughter together, but Brenda won a default... A default... <laughs> default divorce. That's a tough this one to what say. what happens when you drink on the show. <laughs> that whiskey's hitting me. Judgment against him in 1993. He met his next wife. Okay, we've got a couple of them going on here. At a company picnic while they were working at a newspaper plant together, and they had a son together. She was apparently under the impression that his parents had been killed by a drunk driver. Collier told the journal Sentinel that he never talked about his past to anyone because, quote, that would pretty much be an automatic deal breaker, don't you think? End quote. Listen. But like, how long can you like hide all of this if it's a real relationship, you know? I mean. Well, if you if you if you have a new name, probably a long time. And also, this is before the Internet, really. But like point, people actually. are like trying to marry Charles Manson in prison. So like, <laughs> yes, it would be an That's automatic true. deal breaker to a lot of people, but not necessarily. <laughs> but not all. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back yeah. to Candy Williams, who was dating Joe without yeah. really knowing anything about his past. In 2009, Candy caught Joe posting his profile on dating sites. Uh-oh. Quote, I made him move <laughs> out, she told 2020. He moved out. I called it off. But then she began to get hundreds of emails emails from him and in one he wrote quote you're the love of my life and i've been so happy to have found you please see how this is really a big misunderstanding now darren does this i have to laugh it's just this is just hearkening back to every little thing ever you know it's like no no i didn't mean to send my dick pic to someone it just accidentally got sent to someone you know like what a good excuse i love that darren's sending dick pics apparently i'm getting those Um, dick pics okay (laughs) 
Does this ever, does this give you any flares of The Bachelor, which is a show that you love and and love to talk about? Um, yes, it is. And that is why I had to okay, sort of it. laugh. It's just, you don't send hundreds and hundreds of emails if it's really just a big misunderstanding. You chalk <laughs> it up to being a big misunderstanding. You send one or two emails yeah. and then you call it a day. But after yeah, Candy, there you go. after Candy wasn't convinced to take him back, the emails grew darker, which I'm sure you all can imagine. Like, here's an example. Okay, so we went from, I love you, you're the love of my life, this is a really big misunderstanding, to, quote, I hope your world mm-hmm. caves in, I hope all your pets die, I hope the house falls down oh while you're God. in it, I hope you get into a physically altering car crash. Okay. Oh my God. The car crash, yeah. I can get down. The house falling down, I can get in. <laughs> your world caving in, sure. Pets dying? We'll figure it out. Now you're a fucking terrible person and I wish the worst That's upon right. you. No one wishes That's that. Right. That is a horrible person well if you if you're new to the show darren likes animals more than people that's the gist by, of this. i mean like literally by far so candy also <laughs> also received many emails that were purportedly from other people joe knew but really he was just making up fake email accounts posing as his oh children a friend his ex-wife and a therapist who told candy that she checked <laughs> out from a mental health treatment early and wondering if she could persuade him to go back so chaotic everything is just chaos and here's a scary (laughs) twist candy's apartment had been repeatedly vandalized and an even scarier twist candy called his mom in atlanta joe's mother husband joe's mother's husband said they hadn't heard from him since they found out about the murders Mm, now candy recalled asking what murders and learning the truth yeah then she said she just sank to the floor and Candy immediately got a restraining order because remember, she didn't know any of the past. So this almost just seems like Ugh. this in love type of guy who was just obsessed with her, but also really crushed and really hurt. Now, granted, someone saying, I hope you're all pets die, I think takes a takes a level uh, yeah. uh, of, you know, nutso-ness. But at the same time, Psychosis, not yeah. ha- you know, so, some people can chalk this up to just being absolutely brokenhearted and crushed. And this is how they lash out. Well, I just imagined finding out that somebody I might be romantically interested in, um, their parents, no less, telling me that there were murders in the past. I mean, oh my God, that would be like life altering. Just knowing that you've spent time with somebody like this. Well, for me, it would break trust completely. Like I wouldn't know what totally, to trust again. Well. Candy also told the police in St. Petersburg that Joe Collier had committed a triple homicide in Wisconsin, and the police confirmed it. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, my God. Joe was arrested for misdemeanor stalking and then disappeared after posting bail, and Candy started getting packages at home and at work, including flowers and sex toys. Now, horrifyingly, and this is, I'm not even going to make a joke about this, she also received a box containing a dead piglet. And uh, that, uh, I just... A piglet? Like a baby pig? A baby pig, yeah. I used to... Uh, oh, dear. I've dissected one before, but they were already... Uh, this wasn't meant mm. as, a, as a, you know, a love, lustful, like, uh, threat or anything like that. And, and of course, you know, dissecting a pig, which, of course, came in very handy in your line of work uh, later in life, of course. by the way. Just, yeah. I have to do this podcast with you guys. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is something to be said, so, I guess, about that. Yeah, yeah, John, it actually has. Now, <laughs> Candy... 
bought Ugh. Candy bought a gun. She said she was living a nightmare and would sleep only two or three hours a night because she would be sitting on a couch watching doors. And I gotta say, of course, I would do the same thing. You gotta protect yourself. Yeah. And if someone's threatening your life and sending you these eerie, crazy things, your house is being vandalized. Hell yeah, you gotta protect yourself there. Yeah, totally. Well, Joe apparently blamed Candy for shedding light on the murders after she'd gone to police. Candy received this email, quote, What comes around goes around, so just remember that. You took my life from me, and I am very lost and angry at you for that. I am here in St. Pete and hope to hell I run into you. You messed me over, and I will pay you back, your rep, your job, all of it. End quote. That's not a good email. That's not an email you want to receive Listen, you know, in the middle of a work day. No. Does Andy send me these emails all the time? Sure. <laughs> But sure, you know, yeah, 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 right. I mean, Andy loves hanging like, out in St. Pete, you know, but it, say, it is what it is. I'm here in Gramercy. Yeah. I hope I read into you. Exactly. Um, well, Joe tried to make good on his promise. He created profiles using Candy's name and address on wow. sex websites and poses her online uh, in online chats with men. Some of the men who thought they were communicating with her showed up at her house. Oh, my God. And you're wondering why she's sleeping two hours a night. Yeah, with a gun Joe next w- to her. Right. Joe was charged with felony stalking and U.S. Marshals located him in Savannah, Georgia, while he was on a trip with a new girlfriend. According to the journal Sentinel, Joe's new girl had no idea he was wanted for stalking or that he'd heinously killed his whole family. I'd hope not. We can ass- yeah, exactly. We can assume that would be a, that would have probably been a deal breaker, don't you think? Yes, uh, yeah, but again, so. people are wanting to marry, you know, fucking Ted Bundy. Yeah. So who the fuck knows with these people? Yeah, he. I mean, he should have just leaned into it. That was his problem. He <laughs> yeah. he tried to hide when. Yeah. Well, Joe Joe pled guilty to aggravated stalking, according to the Waco Tribune Herald. Joe was convicted in 2011 and spent two years in prison. Candy was told she could relocate when Joe got out, but she said she figured he could find her anywhere. Turns out Joe moved on when he got out of prison in Florida and moved to Waco, Texas, where he enjoyed the dating scene. Mm. Waco just always stands out to me for the obvious reasons. So it's like funny that he, that he went there. Um, he had an on again, sorry, an on and off again relationship with a woman named Shannon, who was for a 43 year old teacher. He had, uh, he was also engaged to someone else, but colleagues of his fiance recognized him from a lifetime series called I dated a psycho. What? <laughs> wow. I was going to say, you know, him also being engaged to someone else reminds me very much so of like um, um, uh, J- Dirty John and being married to oh, uh, yeah, Deborah totally. Newell and just being engaged multiple times in different places. And it's, you know, I mean, that's part of uh, psychotic behavior, if you will. I can't believe someone fucking recognized him in a new Lifetime series, though, because that is know, why podcasters and true crime fans are kind of the best and can solve crimes because... these tips are very important well the police got in touch with shannon in 2015 and told her about his past both women i guess this answers your question immediately cut it off with joe (laughs) but then they both started getting about 20 to 30 messages per day so did a friend of joe's former fiance who tried to uh, who he tried to use to get his fiance shannon told joe she'd meet him at a restaurant called the cantina texas under the pretense of wanting to give him another shot according to the waco tribune herald seven officers were waiting to take him down joe pleaded guilty to harassing the three women and was given 30 days in jail plus he can't go anywhere near Mm. the three women he was harassing 
after he Good. he was released in an interview with the Waco Tribune, he insisted he was staying in California, but a sheriff told the paper his ankle monitor showed he was in Houston. It seems like Ugh. the ankle monitor would go off if like yeah, California to Houston like like there's a lot of mileage in between those two places like <laughs> yeah I just say. what's the point of having an ankle monitor um yeah well he also told the paper that the charges against him in Waco did not have merit and that he really didn't kill his family he said he would reveal the real killer in a book he's planning to publish of oh, course Can- oh, Candy told the General Sentinel that Joe is a compulsive liar who has no remorse that I can believe And a former Mm. friend and colleague of Joe's agrees to this. He took Joe in during a time of need because he felt sorry for him. But when Joe was asked about the murders, uh, uh, his friend said, there was no explanation. There was no remorse. And quote, Mm. people should be given, people should be forgiven, given a second chance, said his friend. But Joe, he's had more than a second chance. Yeah, it does kind of sound like he's had multiple opportunities to kind of, you know, kind of make a better life for himself. It seemed like, you know, there were even people that might have been able to support him, but he just really didn't find his way, sadly. Well, yeah, Um, and I think, you know, I think lies beget more lies beget more lies. And, you know, if you're going to lie about any children that you have, like, that's going to be, like, an issue. An issue. And and also, like, I don't think... We've definitely never done a show where someone has stabbed, you know, their mother, whatever. For, forget that it's a fam- family. Stabbed, you know, a 40-something-year-old woman 15 times. Right. Stabbed a 10-year-old boy 20 times. Which is times. horrendous. Yeah. Shot a 40-year-old-something man you know, however many times on the porch of his house and has done all this other shit, including sending dead piglets in the mail. And then also right now is probably on the dating scene, you know. Yeah, he's on Tinder. Yeah, he's he's fucking on the dating scene right now. You do bring (laughs) up an an interesting point, though, Matt, because, you know, we've talked about lust and revenge killings and how you know your idea of love can kind of take you into this like uncharted territory of almost craziness but you know let's not forget about the 10 year old boy that he murdered to your point and like when you can do that yeah and i'm not saying that you know if he didn't murder him like therefore he's a saint but i feel like if you can do that to a 10 year old and be a father at the same time like there's just so much darkness in there. Something like, going on. Yeah. yeah, and then it has nothing to do with being in love or even jealousy. Like, it's almost like you were mm-hmm. born a killer, you were meant to kill. And uh, that's really fucking sad. Th- that's a good point. Like, that's kind of like the chemistry of who he is yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would very much wonder what else he's done that won't he won't admit to. Oh, didn't get exactly. With. Good point. Yeah. Like, it ha- you know, are there more murder victims out there? Yeah. I mean, that's a sad reality. Yeah, and we may never know. I am certainly shaken and disturbed from this episode. Uh, we hope <laughs> we you are. We lived up to our name today. We did. You can follow us on social media at jthrasher, at carpe darren, at matt underscore the underscore bartender. And don't forget, guys, we have a Patreon now. And we're a real boy. I'm excited to. Sh- 
that I'm excited to share are some alternate versions of our cover art, yes. which was beautifully made by our friend Adam, who is a friend of the show. So talented. So go check out those alternate versions. Maybe you guys like those versions more. I don't know. You can let us know. We're even going to have snippets from episodes that never made it to the show and definitely snippets of either John coughing or saying something wrong. Matt no. forgetting to fucking hit record on his mic, which say. has happened before. Me butchering names and making saying something completely inappropriate and illegal. So you're definitely yeah. going to want to check out those snippets for sure. We're only on episode two, and we all we already have plenty up. of bonus content. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Well, you can even one of the things I keep talking about, I'm so excited about, is you can even sign up to call into the show oh, and be yes. on Shaken and Disturbed if you're a Patreon subscriber. So, if you've ever wanted to come on to our show and talk to us, now is your chance. Darren, we had mentioned this previously. Uh, we're giving Patreon subscribers first dibs on our shout out. So uh, hopefully in the next by next week's episode, we're going to be back to a normal schedule here and we're going to have some shout outs to give to you guys and uh, Patreon subscribers get it first. And, so there you go. And don't forget to write on our Facebook page as well. That's how we love to hear from you. It's such a positive place. You know, you can always submit cases and anything. And, you know, including in Patreon, if you're a subscriber, maybe we would do a personal case that you guys would want us to cover. Just a thought. That's right. Just a mention. But guys, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review, Shaken and Disturbed right now. Give us that five-star rating. This will help us get the word out on iTunes and all of the interwebs. Since we are an independent <laughs> podcast now, we very much so need your help and support as we, as we have gotten it over the years. Uh, and we are asking you to Absolutely. give it to us now. So thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. That's right. Okay. This was a fun, disturbing, shaken episode. And... Um... Just stay off Tinder for now. Yeah, I got to go to the mail and make sure my uh, piglet is going to get sent to Matt um, on time. I'm going to overnight it. No, I couldn't even. I can't even say it. I love animals too much. Yeah, don't even make that joke, Darren. You're right. I'd rather joke about like Matt being dead than a piglet because I just. Yeah, like small dicks and things like that. We'll get to that. The things I'm used to, people. That that's episode. (laughs) That's episode three of Shaken and Disturbed. That's right. Coming next week. Coming at you. Exactly. All right, guys. We'll see you next week for more uh, Shaken and Disturbed. Bye.